0: It's Casey on the radio, the health and happiness show brought to you by Hudson Valley Hospital Center, a better place to get better.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Hi, it's Casey with a little health and happiness for you this Sunday morning. We are going to talk about food for your brain. Put this on your grocery list, matcha tea, walnuts, full fat yogurt, mint, squash, and berries. Eat those to change your mood and keep your brain alert. Rebecca Katz is here with more. And if food can change your mood, can it help people with autism? Naturopath Shauna Young is here to introduce that topic. She has hundreds of case studies in which she says she has erased autism, or manganese madness, as early cases were once called. This is worth listening to. Her website is noharmfoundation.org. And finally, Mother's Day is next week. You will hear a mother-daughter chicken soup for the soul story that is guaranteed to bring a chill and maybe a tear. It's a good one coming up. First, let's talk to Rebecca Katz, author, speaker, chef. She works closely with wellness professionals with her Master's of Science degree in health nutrition. Got brain fog? Eat something to change your mood. Right, Rebecca? Yes,
2: you can. Yes, you can. And you know, it's very interesting because the brain has always considered this very separate, mysterious organ. And now, within the last 10 years, there have been probably 32,000 studies on food and mood. Our brain actually has the ability to shift and change. And our you know the 100 billion neurons that are in our brains can shift and change. So, yes, what we put on the end of our fork can affect how we feel and how we operate in the world. It's no,
1: very exciting. It, it's thrilling. I remember reading a little bit about this, I'm going to say, about five, six years ago when my sister's kids were, were younger and in school. And I remember she had one, her middle child was uh, uh, always talking in class and not focusing. And I said, you know, Maria, feed him blueberries. I read that blueberries help you focus. (laughs) Is is that true? It is true.
2: And, I mean, things like almonds, things like um, fish, things like eggs... Um, there are cornucopia of foods. In fact, I have a culinary pharmacy in the Healthy Mind Cookbook that talks about foods and what they do. Mm-hmm. For exen- For example, I bet you would never think that lentils improve our cognitive functioning, focus, and memory. I mean, that little... Underserved legume <laughs> mm-hmm. is a powerhouse of nutrients. Anything that's full of vit- vitamin B is great for our brains. Vitamin D, iron, zinc—they're like a little nanobot.
1: I never think of lentils ever.
2: No. Well, there you go. I mean, and
1: who knew? Let me ask you this, because you mentioned nuts before. Did you say almonds? I think. Walnuts. Walnuts? almonds. Okay. But here and and seeds. Like pumpkin seeds.
2: Pumpkin seeds are like the all-star stress busters. Really? I mean, of all the seeds, pepitas or pumpkin seeds are like what you should be carrying around in your purse, in your coat pocket, in your desk drawer, you know, because they're like they're the smallest little antidepressants. And they are loaded again with magnesium and potassium and all these things that when we are stressed out, Instead of going for the Snickers bar, we have some pumpkin seeds in our pocket. And it's not like something that you have to wait and feel. That's the thing about these foods. It's like food can act, it's very powerful. And um, a lot of it is about controlling blood sugar. So, yes.
1: Okay. You know, I want to talk to you about these seeds. I'm going to buy stock in pumpkin seeds if these yeah, are I think stress it's a good idea. Or, yeah. you know, plant them in my backyard because honestly, I, I need a little something to go to, you know, Casey's little helper, pumpkin seeds. But I wanted to talk about when you mentioned the nuts. One of the sales managers here at the radio station, I go into his office when I get the munchies midday. He has these almond wasabi nuts. Mm. But yet, when I looked at the ingredients, they were filled with bad things. So I think what I want to talk about is when we talk about be it lentils or pumpkin seeds or whatever, we're talking in its clearest, most organic Clean and green, non GMO form, yes?
2: Absolutely. I mean, the integrity and the quality of your ingredients are everything to your brain and to your whole body. Right. I mean, absolutely. And, and truth be told, you could make your own wasabi nuts. How? Take your, you take your almonds and you could get some real wasabi powder and you can mix a little bit of wasabi powder in with a little bit of olive oil and salt and toss those nuts just
1: like that pop them in the oven at 350 degrees for all of eight minutes. I'm doing it. Rebecca Katz is our guest, the Healthy Mind Cookbook, Big Flavors to Enhance Brain Function, Mood, Memory, and Clarity. Let's talk about memory. What kind of foods should we be eating to improve our memory?
2: Walnuts, great memory food. Yogurt is a great memory food. Squash is a great memory food. All the berries, strawberries, blueberries, tomatoes, anything that's High in
1: antioxidants, great memory food. But when um, we but when we're talking yogurt, we got to watch out for sugar because well, yeah. my favorite, my former, my formerly favorite brand was had like six teaspoons of sugar in every container.
2: Yes, and and I encourage you go for real, full fat, plain yogurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, full fat, because once you remove the fat from yogurt, that sugar is climbing up. Another thing of note, I just want to interject here, is that our brains are made of 60 percent fat. And it's important because we're so kind of programmed to think, oh, what we have to eat is fat-free. But no, no, no. You need good, healthy fats. I'm not talking about processed food fats. Healthy fats to fuel the brain, so and also healthy fats to regulate blood sugar. So plain yogurt, and then you can add your favorite berries or a little bit of, like, gravy maple syrup or Mm. some vanilla or whatever it is that you like. But then you have control over what it is that you're adding.
1: Our brains are 60% fat. Yes. My thighs are 70% fat. That's another story for another day, Rebecca Katz. Another story for another day. I'm working on it. All right, let's talk about some beverages, tonics and elixirs. That's in your book as well, The Healthy Mind Cookbook. What should we be drinking to feel good in our brains?
2: Well, um, we should be hydrating ourselves with lots and lots of water. But let's face it, you know, we don't necessarily want to be drinking straight up water all the time. It gets a little bit boring. So things like um, uh, matcha, which is a powdered form of green tea. It's like the Dom Perignon of green tea.
1: Spell that for uh, me.
2: Um, matcha, M-A-T-C-H-A, matcha. And um, the other thing that is good to be drinking is green tea. And one of the things that I have in here is a green tea uh, chai. So uh, a little bit of a twist on a regular chai. Another thing that we should be including in our arsenal for brain food is mint. So here I've got a ginger mint tea or a trip triple citrus cooler, but mint is one of the most powerful brain foods we can eat.
1: And that's that's fresh mint from the garden we're talking
2: that's about. That's fresh mint from the garden, and it is loaded. It is loaded. I mean, just think about smelling mint. It is like mm. pulling up the curtains and letting the sunshine into your brain. And uh, it does so many things. I mean, in terms of memory, attention, focus, all of those things. And we're talking about like just putting mint leaves in your water with, you know, not, I'm not talking about anything fancy hydration because our brain is also comprised of 60% water. And when we start to feel like we're getting a headache, it's probably because we're running a little dehydrated and things like, unfortunately, diet sodas don't count as hydration in brain food. In fact, they're brain zappers. So we want to try and shift away from things like Diet Coke and move towards things that are, uh, again, real foods, real real things to hydrate our brain.
1: Rebecca Katz. Sign up for her free recipes and videos at RebeccaKatz.com. I just did. Now, if we believe food can change our brains, do you think it could cure autism? Some say yes, with a spectrum balance protocol. That topic is next.
0: It's Casey on the Radio, the health and happiness show. Friend it on Facebook and follow it on Twitter. Casey on the Radio, fun and inspiration.
1: with Dr. David Bank from the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic, and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco. Doctor, what's new with fillers? Can you explain what they are and how they work?
3: Fillers are substances we inject into and under the skin to restore the volume that our face loses with time and sun damage. Okay, tell me more. We've had fillers available for years, like collagen, Restylane, Juvederm, but we focus on filling the lines of the face, like the ones from the corner of the nose to the corner of the mouth, or the lines from the corner of the mouth towards the jaw. Now medical science has realized that these lines are causing Significantly by loss of volume in the cheeks above. Now more than just filling the lines, we're adding filler to the cheeks above the lines.
1: Does that make the face look puffy?
3: No. If done correctly, it's subtle and looks completely natural. Patients often report that friends can't put their finger on it, but they say, you look great.
1: We thank you, Dr. Bank, and where can we find out more information?
3: They can go to thecenterforderm.com or call 914-241-3003 for a personal consult, 241-3003. Have alcohol or drug dependence made your life or the life of someone you love unmanageable? For more than 100 years, St. Christopher's Inn has been the place where men in crisis find hope. Located in Garrison, New York, St. Christopher's Inn is a residential shelter and substance abuse treatment center where no man is turned away because of race, religion, or ability to pay. If you or someone you know needs to find a way out of addiction, call us at 800-424-0027 or visit our website at stchristophersinn.org.
1: Hi, it's Casey. Shauna K. Young is a naturopath. Her book is called Erasing Autism, the Spectrum Balance Protocol. We have just a brief few minutes with her today, but she will be back again to take us further into this topic. In the meantime, visit noharmfoundation.org. The cover of the book depicts the story on a blackboard. The chalk writing reads, Autism, 1980s, 1 in 10,000, 1990s. One in 2,500, 2014, one in 68 are born with autism, and that number holds for this year, too. It's hard to take in, Shauna, and even harder to believe a root cause could be dietary?
0: Yeah. Well, it's what I have found out is that there is a mineral imbalance that is involved in a lot of it. The very first kid that I worked with that, that was autistic, he was three years old, and he, they didn't even bring him in for autism because they figured there was nothing they could do about it. So, it, you know, he was there because he had stomach problems and eczema and, you know, asthma and things like that, and we were trying to work on it. But I happened to notice that his his iron and his manganese were out of balance. So I decided after he left to take a look at that and to see what I could find. Um, Iron and manganese use the same receptor sites in the brain. And so if there's not enough iron in the receptor sites, then the manganese will take over those sites. And if the manganese gets too high, then it causes extreme sensory input. I actually found uh, that night when this happened, I found a really great article. Weston Price that was called manganese madness. And so this, this is not a new thing at all. Those manganism, uh, which is high manganese, was actually first diagnosed back in the early 1900s. Manganism, which is the disease, quote unquote, that, that was coined by an English physician, was actually back in the early 1900s. So this is not anything new. And when I started researching high manganese, I was finding studies going back to the 1950s, the 1960s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and it was all saying at the end of it, well, this needs more study. Okay. You know, this this needs more research. Let me ask you. But this... nobody did the research.
1: Gotcha. Let me ask quickly: What's your medical background?
0: Um, I'm a traditional naturopath, and I have a PhD in natural sciences. So
1: is it a uh, imbalance in the mother that causes the imbalance in the baby? Is it our diet? Why such a high rate of autism?
0: I think that, they, that you asked that, nobody's asked that question, and that's such a valid question. I do think that the, there is an a, a, uh, in vitro you know process that happens because, for example, I started getting all of these prenatal vitamins that I was looking at, and they were all loaded with manganese. And manganese is one of those substances that actually concentrates in the umbilical cord. So if you're, like, for example, I have these very high-priced prenatal vitamins, and it has three milligrams, which is 150% overdose for a 150-pound person. So if mom is overdosed with manganese, and then the manganese concentrates into the umbilical cord, then your little baby, which is the size of a sea monkey at the time, you know, is getting these enormous, you know, overdoses of manganese. And I do think that that has to do with it. But I think primarily it's our diet. Because the problem is not just high manganese, it's, it's low iron. And one of the reasons that people get so low in iron is because when you eat grain, you know, okay. any kind of grain, um, legumes, you know, any p- peanuts, you know, anything like that, that, that the, the phytate that is in those foods actually will chelate out your iron. So if, if you were eating, say, cereal, you know, regular breakfast cereal, something like that for breakfast, then all of the iron that you eat for the rest of the day gets flushed out of your body. We pee it right with out. The, uh, yep, exactly.
1: You know, I, part of me just wants to cry and <clears throat> say a very bad word, and, mm-hmm. uh, and after the bad word I would say, we freaking did this to ourselves? We poisoned ourselves into autism?
0: Yeah. And that's exactly the case, Casey. And this is and this is why, for one reason, that I think that this is not as accepted as it could be, because as I said, they've been doing research into high manganese for decades. Oh yeah, and no but sugar company,
1: no no sugar company. Listen right. to me, no cereal company is going to say I had a hand in this. No no, um, exactly. you know, big pharma uh, vitamin people, they're not going to say, oh my bad. Yeah, exactly. And the parents
0: and the parents themselves don't want to be responsible. I've told people, you know, well this is what it is, and I've had people, you know, look at me tears in their eyes, I did this to my child? Yeah. You know, because they, they thought they were doing the right thing. Of course, One of, of the course. worst things that causes manganese is soy baby formula. And most people switched to soy because they told them it was better for them than milk. All right. So here's these parents trying to do the best they could possibly do for their child, and it winds up harming them.
1: For a lot of reasons, you and I don't have a lot of time together, but I want to introduce this topic to the audience and then have you back when you have more okay. time, because we can spend a whole uh, program on this. A question now, yes. if a child already has autism, Like, we have a young man that visits our show once a year, Jonathan Bruno, autism superman, they call him. He runs the Boston Mm -hmm. Marathon. He runs marathons all over the world. He is uh, very on the high dependent scale of autism, but he can run like the wind. If he were to change his diet, would it help at this point?
0: Yes, that's the, the beauty of the Spectrum Balance Protocol is because all of the research that's being done right now with autism is in prevention because everybody's just decided that there's nothing you can do about it. We've had people in there, I mean, if in my book, I have 26 case studies, and it was so hard to pick 26 out of the like, hundreds that I have, but I tried to go across the entire spectrum and I also went across the spectrum of age. Some of the kids are 18 months old that I worked with. Some of them are, you know, 15. Some of them are 30. Some of them I've worked with adults way into their 50s and even uh, into their 70s and 80s that have changed their diet to this way and have had seen good results. Right. So there's no throwing the baby out with the bathwater in this particular case.
1: And when Jenny McCarthy, you know, I don't know how many years ago, five years ago or so, the actress went, you know, parading through the streets and changing her son's mm-hmm. diet and, and, and really out as an activist. She was not crazy. No, no. She was, she, and because she really does feel that she's erased autism in her own son through diet, mm-hmm. through diet and, and, and probably some of the things you offer.
0: All right. Um, well, the, the problem ahead. with that was, though, is that she, she, it was very expensive, the, the route that she went. Okay. You know, she paid an enormous amount, amount to doctors uh, to have therapies and supplements and all of these things. The Spectrum Balance protocol is not expensive. I mean, I have people in trailer parks that are, you know, that live in trailer parks that can do this diet. Wonderful. So it it isn't the need for the five to, you know, some of the the, the uh, specialists charge, you know, five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars a month for years, you know, and this is just a dietary change.
1: All right, the dietary changes in the book Erasing Autism: The Spectrum Balance Protocol, Shauna Young. Shauna Young is the author. Shauna K. Young, in fact. And uh, what is the number one thing for parents listening right now that they have a child or a loved one with autism, they should not be feeding them what? Grains. Grains.
0: Yep. Grains and legumes. Yep. And legumes. That's the main thing. So that means
1: bread. That means cereal. Correct. All right. People say to me, oh, you have that guy on that says don't eat bread because I have this guy on from time to time. No one's going to do that. Everybody eats bread. No, Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't eat bread. I'm one of them.
0: Yeah, so, me too. You know, I've been eating it for years.
1: You know, sometimes if I'm on Little Italy, in Little Italy, and they put out the really good bread with the really good <laughs> olive oil, yes, I'll have a slice. But that's it, babies. That's it. No bread yeah. for me. So it is possible to live a life. It's so simple to just go back to natural eating. So no bread, no legumes, and send your letters to Shauna K. Young. You must have a website to share it.
0: Actually, what um, I'm working on the medical director for a not-for-profit called the No Harm Foundation. So it, that's uh, NoHarmFoundation.org.
1: NoHarmFoundation.org. You must come back soon and often, and we'll talk about this more.
0: I'd love to. Thanks, Casey.
1: Shauna K. Young, Erasing Autism, The Spectrum Balance Protocol. Visit NoHarmFoundation.org, and let me know if you'd like a copy of the book. Email K-A-C-E-Y at whud.com. Mother's Day is next Sunday. Pick up a copy of Chicken Soup for the Soul thanks to Mom. 101 stories of gratitude, love, and lessons. Editor Amy Newmark, how did you put this one together?
3: So it's really cool. I basically made it for what I would want to read as a mom. And I think the biggest issue that moms have is that we're not sure that our kids appreciate us. And we also always are worried about whether we're really enough. Are we good enough? Did we do it right? Are we raising our kids properly? And this book has 101 stories that make it clear that you are a great mom. Your kids do appreciate you. You don't have to be perfect to be the perfect mom for your kids. And I think that it's a very empowering book because it makes you feel good about being a mother. And I put it together with uh, the country music star Jodi Messina which was cool because we picked out all the stories together. And she's a mom of two little kids, and I'm a mom of grown kids. So we brought those, both of those perspectives to choosing all the stories.
1: Oh, that's so much fun. You and Jody Messina working together. That's cool.
3: Yeah, she was great. We had a really good time doing it. And uh, now we're both doing a lot of PR for the book. We're going to be doing some joint PR in New York next week. And she also takes care of an elderly mother, and so she, she's one of those sandwich generation people. So she understands the young mother view, and she also understands the view of people who are taking care of older mothers and seeing what older mothers are going through. So I think the book is really right for mothers of all ages with children of all ages. And the title is? It's called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Thanks to My Mom, 101 Stories of Gratitude, Love, and Lessons.
1: And let's think about for a moment those 101 Writers who got their story published in this book for Mother's Day. Oh, my goodness. Put a bow on that. We're going to have tears when when that's delivered.
3: Oh, my gosh. Jodi was telling me that her story made her mom start crying because Jodi wrote about how her mom told her when she was afraid to go into kindergarten, first day of school, when she was little, Her mom said, there's a string that ties your heart to mine, and it will always be there, no matter where you are, and no matter where I am. And that made Jody brave enough to go into kindergarten. And she's carried that message with her her whole life, including when she was only 19 years old and she moved from Massachusetts to Nashville to launch her music career. So she showed the story to her mom a couple of weeks ago when the book was printed. And her mom started crying and said, I can't believe you still remember that that thing I told you when you were in kindergarten. And Jody started crying when she was telling me about it. She said she's going to be passing on that message to her kids when they're old enough. And so that was very moving. I wrote a story about the day my mom had a stroke um, at City Field. We went to watch the Mets for her 81st birthday, and she had a stroke. Oh, my. Yeah. So I wrote about that and how my mom has made such an amazing comeback from it. And uh, we had many thousands of stories submitted. The way you get into one of our books is you go to chickensoup.com and you click on submit your story and you just send it in. We read every single story, even when there are 5,000 of them. So everyone has a chance to become a published author, just like you, Casey. That's right. You were in one of our best-selling books in the past. Uh, And it's nice because when you have 101 stories, you get so many different points of view And in this book, thanks to my mom, we have so many different kinds of moms, kinds of children, cool experiences. I mean, one mom I really liked, she talked her way past all the security at a Navy base to deliver cookies to her son, who was on a plane. Oh, my goodness. I I mean, she was just so audacious. And so there's some really (gasps) funny stories. Yeah, there's some really funny stories about moms like that. Uh And, and, And what stories are you working on in the future? So our next book coming out is very cool. It's about people finding their happiness and pursuing their passions and taking back control of their lives and doing what's right for them. It's called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Time to Thrive. It's coming out in May. And what I love about it is we have stories from people who, you know, quit a job they hated, went and took a new job at half the pay, but are so much happier now and their families are happier. Everything from big life changes like that to small life changes like people saying, I'm going to put aside an hour a day to resume playing the piano which I used to love, and I stopped doing it. So it's every kind of taking the time to thrive in your life, whether it's the little things or the really big things.
1: Amy Newmark, take the time to thrive in your life. Do the things you want to do. Do them now. Beware the barrenness of a busy life. I think Socrates said that. Make sure you're not too busy to do the things you love. I teach that because that is what I need most to learn. If you'd like the Thanks to My Mom book, let me know at K-A-C-E-Y at W-H-U-D dot com. So two things to share before we wrap up. Mayfest, music, art, and yoga, a three-day festival at Camp Lake Surprise in Cold Spring, May 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. I'll be there in the healing tent visit mayfestny.com. And our next Ladies' Day Luncheon Retreat is Sunday, May 31st in Verplank in Northern Westchester. Find more at caseyontheradio.com. We'd love to see you there as we celebrate women, girlfriends, moms, sisters, all of it. So bring your best friend or your sister friend or mom or grandma or auntie to celebrate. Details at caseyontheradio.com and theglasshouseretreat.com. Have a great week.
0: You've been listening to Casey on the Radio. Hear more at CaseyOnTheRadio.com. The information shared on this show is intended for general information purposes only. You can contact Casey through the website, CaseyOnTheRadio.com.